3: Giddy-up, giddy-up, giddy-up. It's a 9 o'clock hour here on a Friday. Best damn hour of the week. Right here. Best one of the week, man, for us. By the way, Woody, I, Woody, I know you feel like crap, man, and you came in. I'm serious, man. I, I could have said it privately, but I appreciate you still. I know you haven't felt like talking much today, and you've had days where you feel better. I'm
4: trying, I don't have much of a voice, but so, uh, I do have heat tickets to give away.
3: You do still?
4: Yeah. I didn't know about
3: that, Joe. For for which? Don't tell me you got two more tickets for Minnesota. Yeah, best team in the West. I can't believe they're giving tickets that game. They got a good little. I was gonna say little team. They got a good big team actually. Um, what are you thinking, caller? Oh man. Hmm. Caller, caller number eighteen. Go caller number nine. Caller number. number Dolphins
4: are favored by nine and a half. Okay, there you go.
3: Caller nine. Nah, that's
4: too many it's too much work how about it's okay we'll get we'll get up tonight I promise you
3: all right well they're uh they're all gonna be lit up here in just a second 305 five six seven560 and um we've got got a busy one coming up now now you know you only play 17 games to start with so they're all important but now you're down the stretch man the last four games of the season. So let's start with the first game was, was last night. Brandon Staley basically got himself. He was already in trouble. He's fired. He He's done. His chances of coming back after his team lost 63 to 21 to probably their number one rivalry, San Diego and Raiders used to go at a pretty good. Now, you know, you may think it's somebody else, but same division and, uh, and everything that was, uh, Five turnovers. They looked equally bad on both sides of the ball. Two defensive touchdowns in the game. It was uh, it was brutal. We'll talk to Mike Florio uh, about that. So now's the time of the year where where uh, front front offices are are looking to make some decisions on quarterbacks and coaches. And then on top of that, you you got to figure out like this. I give you a great great game. Pitt in the Indy, the Steelers and Colts, both seven and six. Can you go back to 500 and still win your last three? Yes, you can, but boy, you'd really like to get on the eight and six team, take a lot of pressure off and put you in really good shape to uh, to potentially win and and get in the playoffs. So Pittsburgh Indy, huge game. Broncos at the Lions, a seven and six Broncos team against the Detroit Lions who are 9 and 4 and have lost some games recently and that's kind of been the theme here Dallas at Buffalo uh that's going to be a that's going to be a should be a really good football game and the Ravens at Jacksonville 10 and 3 versus 8 and 5 the leaders in their division Jacksonville's not playing real well
4: so first of all, congratulations to Fernando who won the tickets uh from Boynton Beach there. So, oh, good. Uh, we got a winner and uh I, I will we will still have our picks in the final. Yeah, no, segment no, no, go. we'll do that. I just wanted we'll to bring up picks uh, on all these uh, these games though, man.
3: And listen, the Dolphins are playing a, a five and eight team, but this game is really big for them. And the Jets don't think they're coming down here flat looking to go to the beach and hang out. They're gonna come down here and uh Try to ruin this thing after well, the, the
4: Raiders were five and eight. They put up sixty three
3: last night. Yeah, I know. No, they. Um- that was
4: a very strange game. The strange stuff happens on Thursdays. But that was a hey, very Woody. bizarre game. It was forty nine to nothing.
3: What do you think? Weird things happen on late Monday night too. They didn't score last night or last week. Yeah. No. No. That's that's a to crazy go from zero to sixty three. No. That's. Uh- that sounds like a new car that just came out. Zero to sixty three it looked yeah, like it the Chargers
4: were trying to lose that game. I mean, they were fumbling the ball, they were giving the ball up.
3: So so I'll just add to that, it looks like the players quit on the coaches yes, is yes. what player what ownership's looking for. And and now we find out a lot of teams will ask their best players, what do you think? And we saw that with the Raiders. They went in and said, Hey, this guy sucks. Get rid of him and they dumped him. They, they got rid of them. They weren't messing around. Hey, we've got uh, a lot of stuff to get to here on a on a big week. of. By the way, three games on Saturday, three games tomorrow. We've got NFL football all day. You've got Sunday 11 games, Monday night football back, and, and man, we are off and running here with all these football games. And, of course, the uh, Dolphins not only on this week against the Jets, but then they're going to step up big with the Dallas Cowboys who are going to go from Buffalo – coming down here to Miami in, uh, in back-to-back weeks. So all the big guys are playing each other, man. Anyway, we're going to have Mike Florio join us here in just a couple of minutes, so we'll have that for you. And uh, got a lot to talk about, some new rules. We'll we'll get his take on uh, coaches that, uh, starting with the guy that coached last night, not not looking good for Coach Staley at all. Looking good, though, at Baptist Health South, South Florida every day. When you start talking about one of the top Sports medicine programs in the country, right here in our backyard, you don't need to go anywhere else to see some specialists because they've got the top specialists in the country all working together. Very well respected. So much so that a lot of professional athletes from other sports come down here for a second opinion or to get their operations done. Where do the pros go when they get injured? Enter Miami, the Miami Heat, the Florida Panthers, the Miami Dolphins, FIU, FAU, Got a lot of great programs, a great high school program for Dade County schools over there to take care of them on the weekends and so they can come in after their games. Um, couldn't be prouder of a place to be part of for a long, long time, the Baptist Hill, South Florida. Uh, some of the top specialists for knee and shoulder and foot and ankle and hand and back and hip and knee replacement. You can just go on and on with uh, with the great success athletes are having high school, college, and professional athletes and all the rest of us. And it's not just Doctors' Hospital in Coral Gables. So, so calm down, Broward County. I got real good news. Got a brand-new facility at Hard Rock Stadium now, right next to the training facility. Baptist Health is alive and well with a great facility. State-of-the-art equipment in there for you. So uh, you don't need to go anywhere else. You can go right there and see those great doctors. And, of course, the new facility, well, it's about a year old now. 595 in Pine Island in and again, all those doctors are working between Dade and Broward, and they are really good. About 35 strong of specialists for the body, uh, different parts of the body, and ready to take good care of all of us. And that's what it's all about. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho. One go every day about getting you healthy, back playing the sports you love the most, team and individual sports. So the next time you have a problem, how powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas,
1: Up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com/slash Odyssey Podcast.
3: Baptist Hill, South Florida. All right, welcome back here on a Friday. Time for Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk, who joins us every Friday for about 25 years now. No. Not that long, but a long time. Mike, good morning. How you doing? Hey,
5: Joe, it's closer to 25 than 5. Yes, it is. Much closer to 25 than (laughs)
3: 5. Hey, it's so funny. They go, well, how far back? It's funny. Your name will pop up and people ask me. And and also, I still remember Nick Saban was the head coach because Kirby Smart was an assistant and was one of the guys that told me about you and some of the guys on that coaching staff. And I was like, wow uh, Kirby and, uh, all the college coaches that left the NFL and are having great success right now. So, uh, I got to ask you, there's, there's a lot to talk about and, um, dumb. I want to tell you what dumbass here did. So the last four and a half minutes, I go, this is what teams do, man. You don't play a great game and you still find a way to win. And about five seconds after that, the Titans went on two long drives and went down and won the game. Um, it was a crushing loss. I don't know where you rank them, and I, I don't like to say it's going to ruin the season or anything, but boy, that was uh, that was a tough one for about three or four days, Mike. Well, it definitely changes the vibe, Joe, and I've been watching
5: Hard Knocks, which is excellent because of Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins, and there's always more insight that I'd like to get than what they're ever going to give us. But one thing that was clear, he was keenly aware entering the month that Last year, they were 8-3, and three, and they lost five in a row. So when they got to 9-3, and three, it was euphoria time. Well, next came the Titans, and I think they just got caught maybe a little complacent, a little you know, napping a little bit, even before it was 27-13. I mean, it was 13-13, and it's like, boy, the Titans are really giving this team everything they can handle. And I respect late season, a team that's basically out of it, Really going all out to get a win that means nothing in the grand scheme of things because they're not going to pull their way back into playoff contention. The Titans and the Giants that same night at that same time both played very spirited games and upset playoff contenders. So as that drive that made it 27-21 with the two-point conversion, as that was happening, that was when I really detected kind of a let's-just-hold-on-complacency and it came back to bite them in the butt. And there was an opportunity to intercept Will Levis early in that drive that would have ended the game. It just shows you how one play here, one play there can change everything. But it hurts, because now, Joe, who would have thought with four games left, if the Bills pick up one game over the next three, week 18, Bills at Dolphins is yep. for the conference, mm-hmm. champ- or they're not conference, but division championship, because the Bills won back in week four in Buffalo when the Dolphins went up there. It's amazing to think that the margin for error is
3: suddenly that thin for these Dolphins. Boy, I'll tell you what, uh, you, you're right about that. It's been talked about by everybody, especially everybody that saw Buffalo play a, a another spirited game. And this time we're able to win a close game. Like I thought they totally outplayed Philly before that and should have won that game and they didn't. But uh, yeah, they're playing and we'll see what happens. They got Dallas at home this week. But I, I wanted to ask you the other thing I noticed for the first time because we haven't gone through it. Tyreek Hill out of the lineup. And I know how good a season he's having. I mean, everybody has seen it up close. But I didn't realize how much this team was going to miss him and what they look like for about a half a game without him playing. Ouch. Uh, That's got to be a concern, and I'm hoping he can play this week, Mike, because without that guy, boy, uh, I've never seen a piece that's been missed so much outside of a quarterback.
5: Hasn't practiced so far this week, and I think he really tried to will himself to play when he shouldn't have on Monday, and that's the challenge that he and the coaching staff are going to have, finding the right sweet spot to manage him and to get him to set aside this quest for 2,000 receiving yards, which if he doesn't play this weekend, it's going to be a lot harder for him to get it. He's still on pace for it, but if you start missing games, you got a problem. From the team's perspective, don't you want him to be as healthy as he can be? When the postseason arrives, they still got to nail down their ticket to the playoff party. They still need to win the division. But if you're going to miss any game of the next four, because the final three are not easy, if you're going to miss any of them, this is the one to miss and heal up. So they have a real challenge here. He hasn't practiced yet this week. And he demonstrates his value through his absence. There's been this debate, who's the MVP candidate from the Dolphins, if the team is good enough to produce an MVP finalist. I've believed all year. Chris Sims has believed it. Others have believed it. It's Kyrie killed. And I think we saw that on Monday night. When the Dolphins got the ball back up six and it was three and out, that doesn't look good on Tua's resume. And then, and then the same night that Tommy DeVito took the ball with less than two minutes and got the Giants in position for a game-winning field goal, Tua had the opportunity to do it and didn't do it. Those things hurt in the MVP consideration. That was his opportunity to show it's me, not anybody else. And if Tyree Kill comes back this weekend, gets at or close to 2,000 yards, the Dolphins win the division, they're one of the top two or three seed, Tyree Kill, I think, is is far more viable as an MVP than Tua. And and clearly, he's the most important
3: player on the team. You take a weapon like that out of the mix, and it's a lot harder to run your offense. Mm. I, um, so, so there's a a bunch of other news out there as well. This, uh, Kadarius Toney offsides call. I thought it was interesting. Everybody had an opinion on it. No, you know, it's close enough. You didn't have to call and others are going, this guy's friggin' look at this, this picture. He's way off. And how come you didn't ask the official if you were lined up like most guys do Roger Goodell really, uh, does he do that a lot where he kind of, hey, hey, no, our guy's got it right on that one, okay? Can we hear everybody say we got it right? He really made it a point to uh, kind of back the officials on that one.
5: Well, and it just happened to work out that Roger Gazelle was doing a press conference he would have been doing this week anyway because he does want to end the quarterly league meetings. I remember when he was under siege nine years ago over the Ray Rice thing, and he said he's available to the media almost every day. We know that's not true. We get him maybe five or six times a year. He's very good at stick-handling his way through questions and not saying anything and deflecting criticism. But on this, he has a point. There's an irony to the fact that he has to defend the officials when they were right. Now, I will say this, and Dan Orlovsky of ESPN did a nice job of harvesting the plays. Kadarius Tony had been lined up offside or damn close to it multiple times throughout that game. Why don't you throw a flag before the two-minute drive that determines the game. And it's the kind of thing that invites suspicion. And that's the problem the NFL now has with legalized gambling. And this was the concern that Roger Goodell articulated 10 years ago when they were fighting against legalized gambling. When you have normal incidents of the game in an era where everyone is betting legal dollars on the outcome of sporting events, you get suspicion. Were they lying in wait for the opportunity to flag Kadarius Tony for something they saw him doing all game long, and we're going to wait for the right time to do it. That's bogus. That's BS. That's baloney. But but it's not crazy to think that somebody would look at that and say, uh-huh, uh-huh, Hmm. see, something's going on here. So that's what we need to be concerned about. And, Joe, I don't know about you, but I don't think the game is about people getting properly aligned before the snap. And it shouldn't have to be a guessing game. It shouldn't have to be something where we think we know where the line is based upon where the sticks are. They're still using two sticks and 30 feet of chain link to determine <laughs> who's where and where they need to go. And I made the argument yesterday, and this is why I've been saying for years now, tear down the officiating function and reimagine it in light of all available technologies, including including the laser-first down line that has been out there for over a decade now that the NFL continues to ignore – There's no doubt where the line to gain is. You get a line on the field that everyone can see, both at home and in the stadium. You know exactly where you need to go. And the other side of that coin, how about a line? This is the line of scrimmage. Why does it have to be a mystery? Put the line of scrimmage out there, and everybody knows where they need to line up. You don't have to look around. You don't have to process all that. You don't have to guess wrong. You don't have to step on the wrong side of the line and find out. There's ways to make it easier technologically. And I will submit to you, the game isn't about this chess match, it's not even a chess match. It's not even a checkers game. It's stupid. Like, it's not about, oh, did you line up the right way? It's about what happens after the snap. So I think the NFL is too cheap and at a certain level too lazy to fully embrace this project, but they should do it. And if you had that line across the middle of the field, that yeah. issue wouldn't have come up on Sunday and it'll never come up. But, but they're just not going to do it. And one of the reasons I think they won't do it, Joe, I think they kind of like at some level the fact that that issue has dominated the sports conversation all week.
3: Yeah, but I don't see how that's good for the game. Like, I I don't see how it is. it's not. It's not. But it's good for the NFL because we're talking about the NFL all week. Yeah. Well, the other side of this is the one that popped up, I think, to start the season. And it's how deep the tackles were lining up so far off. and, And everybody's going, my God, the guy looks like he's about two and a half yards off the line of scrimmage there. How far can you go? And he's. They to, still are. They yeah. still are doing it. That's what made
5: the Tony thing look more glaring. The, the, the tackles are still in the backfield, and the tackles leave early, if you haven't noticed yes. that. They leave early to, to to better block for the quarterbacks, and sometimes they
3: call it, but most of the time they don't. The, uh, the other thing is this hip-drop tackle, and of course it hits home here with what happened to Tyree Kill. Honestly, I thought Tyree Kill, when they slowed that down, I thought when he was over there, I went, "Oh my God, he could be out for the year now." The way it went on the weight on the back of that leg, um, I, it sounds great. I just don't know how you can completely stop guys from tackling that way. I, I don't, Mike. While we're already making it tough on these guys defensively. I just don't know when you're trying to grab a guy and catch a freaking guy that's really fast. You're grabbing him wherever you can, Mike.
5: Well, but look. How did Tyree Hill get injured on Monday night? It was a combination hip drop and horse collar. Right. And they identified the horse collar tackle 20 years ago, and that was more of a deliberate effort by one guy, Roy Williams who was grabbing guys, he perfected this art of grabbing guys by the back of the shirt and pulling them down, and the problem was you're pulling their body weight down onto their legs and you're causing potentially serious injury, most notably Terrell Owens' broken ankle in 2004, Mm. the one he came back from to play in the Super Bowl, and he would have been the MVP if the Eagles had beaten the Patriots that year, one of the most heroic performances ever in league history, but they've identified this, and I give the league credit because I say all the time they're reactive, not proactive. And in this case, what they did was they spotted this technique. It's a new technique, fairly new, where what happens is, and the people who are opposed to it would say, well, I don't even know what a hip drop tackle is. Well, it's not that difficult. And when you see it a couple times, you begin to spot it. What happens is the defensive player grabs, typically around the hips, around the waist, the offensive player with the ball. There's a twisting, a rotation, a turning that happens right after the grab, and then the defensive player just falls down. You fall down, and you bring them with you. If you don't fall down, they're going to potentially Mark Bavaro you down the field. So you just fall down. The problem is your weight lands on their lower extremities, and you sprain ankles or break ankles or cause other serious injuries. And they've spotted that, and they're determined. Joe, it's no mistake, and it's no accident, that they came out full force at this press conference earlier in the week about the hip drop tackle. I mean, their audience is a combination of the owners who will be voting on this in March and the rest of us to get us to understand and to agree with the importance of getting this technique out of the game. And there's still, I see it on social media, not that social media is a real place, but you hear the reaction, former players, current players, media, how are they going to play defense? How are they going to tackle guys? Well, there's other techniques, like there's that rugby tackle where you grab the ankles and get them down that way. This is something that, that has a specific risk because you're putting body weight on top of lower extremities. It's a fairly new technique and they are looking to get it out of the game and they're determined to get it out of the game. And when the commissioner comes out and says it needs to go, I guarantee you if he has to twist arms behind the scenes, he will. He wanted Thursday night flexing. He twisted enough arms until he got it. If he wants hip drop tackle out of the game, he will twist enough arms to get 24 votes from the owners to get rid of it. He's
3: been good at that. There's no question. And he knows exactly which owners to go to. I totally agree with you on that one. So, Cam Newton, the podcast, we talked about this earlier in the week about the game manager. And it's funny. So, a lot of people here are blasting Cam Newton. A lot of people don't like Cam Newton. I'm like, listen, he he was an MVP, had had some good years. and But the game manager and the system quarterback and then naming Purdy and Dak and Tua – it's always an interesting one because it, it's about the system you're in, which nobody should have to apologize if they happen to be in a system that's that's quarterback-friendly or also has a lot of talent around it, like we see down here. I, I just don't know if it's fair to say, well, these guys will never be in my mind. They're just game managers because they still do make a lot of really good throws. How do you look at them, Mike?
5: Well, Joe, I think the first step here is to make sure that everyone agrees on what these terms mean. Game manager, in my mind, is guy that you count on to not screw it up. That you have enough around him that, hey, quarterback, if you just don't screw it up, we'll be okay. But if you screw it up, we have a problem. That's a pejorative. That's an insult. And to attach that to Tua, Dak, and Purdy is not fair Now, he also threw Jared Goff in there, and I'd say of the four, Goff is the closest to a just-don't-screw-it-up guy. I would say that he's the closest of the four to a game manager. System quarterback, in my mind, is not an insult. System quarterback means there's a system that works, and this guy runs it. And look at all the different frogs that Kyle Shanahan has kissed since he became the head coach of the 49ers in 2017 to try to find a system quarterback who will run his system to perfection he found one in brock purdy and purdy runs it to perfection just like joe montana ran the bill walsh west coast Coast, offense to perfection you're a system quarterback and you're running the system perfectly well i think what newton is trying to separate is the guys who will run a system well from that very small handful of guys who when the play that gets called goes sideways can make chicken salad with their legs, with their arm, with their brains, with their instincts. And that group consists of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and that's it right now. <laughs> Maybe a little Russ Wilson. The, yeah. the resurrected Russ Wilson can do it too. And Cam Newton, I think, would put himself in that category. But but Joe, we gotta I mean we gotta be realistic. This is coming from the perspective of a guy who is understandably bitter because there've been more than 50 starting quarterbacks in the NFL this year and his phone hasn't, yes. hasn't rang a single time.
3: Yeah. I, yeah. And by the way, I said all those same things. I, I, the West coast, Joe Montana to here's the guy that's pissed off that he's not getting any calls cause nobody thinks he's going to accept the backup role real well and his style of play. So finally, I, I leave you with this one. I, I don't usually go around saying coach Brandon Staley's done. I mean, last night, that That was it, right? If there's a slam dunk on a guy that's going to get fired, what his team and the way they played last night he he's done, isn't he is that is that it, Mike? I think so, Joe look, we saw two teams <clears throat> with an identical record, our
5: rivals, the holy roller teams, two teams that were joined arm in arm to try to try to build a stadium together ten years ago and and the Raiders got jilted, and the chargers jumped in bed with the Rams. I mean, there's all sorts of reasons for these two teams to have acrimony and hard feelings and play hard when they face each other. And the Chargers just didn't seem to care. They just didn't seem to care. When you watch various plays in that game, you see that there are guys that weren't really trying, and that's an indictment of the head coach. If you quit on your team, if you quit on each other, if you quit on your coach, the coach is the one who's got to press the button to get the team in the right state of mind – to go out there and play each and every game. And I think too many guys on the Chargers were thinking, our quarterback's gone, the season's over, let me just get through these last four weeks healthy. I really don't care about this game. I just want this season to be over with. And the coach's job is to counter that mindset and eradicate it. The question for me now is, does Dean Spanos fire him today or does he let him finish the season? And if he doesn't fire him after the season, then – There's no hope for the Chargers. I thought they were going to fire him after the playoff collapse against the Jaguars. I thought he was done then. I was stunned that he was back for last year because I think guys like Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh would have been very interested. You've got a huge magnet in Justin Herbert for a good coach to come in, but now you've complicated things because whoever takes that job is going to have to clean up the mess that was made last night. Because I guarantee you, Joe, there's going to be guys in that locker room who are given the side eye to the guys who quit. And those guys – who quit and the guys who didn't are going to be on the team next
3: year. The new coach is going to have to undo that damage. Well, you you brought up a great point, like the the, uh, Tennessee effort, the way they played the Jets in the second half. Uh, There are a lot of teams that put it out there, man, and could have easily started looking closer to that vacation time at the end of uh, this regular season, and they didn't. Hey, Mike, thank you, man. Really appreciate you coming on this morning. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate you, buddy. All right. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk joining us. We're going to take a, a quick break. We still got a lot more stuff to get. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex.
0: Oh, <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here?
1: Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived.
3: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event.
0: Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
6: Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York, on Wednesday, March 20th, tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices with Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies, presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at KingsTheater.com.
3: Two, stay with us. We'll be back in a moment. All right, we've got a little bit of time left, man. I feel like it's almost Sunday at one o'clock. I, I feel like it's that morning of. I, it's crazy. Well, let's get through Saturday's game. All That's right, first. all right. Go oh, ahead, we got, man. I'm uh, we got sorry. a lot of stuff going on Oh, we got three here. games tomorrow. That's right.
4: All right. All of these uh, spreads and over-unders courtesy of the Hard Rock sports betting app.
3: See him tonight. Who? I'm going by the Are you going tonight? over there? Yeah. Nice man. I just got a call and find out, like, and I'm being serious. I'm to find out what I can and can't do without getting in trouble.
4: I'll you put whatever what? you need in for you. All right, here we go. Uh, we got Bengals and Vikings. Okay, Cincinnati favored by three and a half. The over under set at forty and a half. Oh God, Woody! That's tomorrow at one o'clock. I by know. The way. Oh,
3: say say one more time. Give me one
4: more. <laughs> it's a crap game. You could say you could say pass. Bengals, All and right. Vikings. You could pass. You don't have to take I, every game. I'm gonna pass. Okay, great. Indianapolis. This might be another pass too. By the way, Indianapolis and Pittsburgh. Oh no, no
3: no, that's a big game.
4: Minus yeah. one and a half for Indianapolis. Uh, over under set at forty two.
3: It's oh, at I'm, 4:30 tomorrow. I'm going to Indy. I don't believe in Pittsburgh at all. Indy.
4: Okay. And then our final game on Saturday at 8.15, uh, the Lions hosting the Broncos. Detroit favored by 4.5 over under set at 48.
3: I like the Lions in this game big. Really? I think really? they finally put it together.
4: Uh, you could say that about Denver, though, too, couldn't you? No. It's kind of a big spread. I don't know. I like Denver in that game. All right. Uh, Atlanta and Carolina. That game is in Carolina. Atlanta favored by three. Over under at a whopping thirty-three and a half. Oh, I guess the NFL. Not a big fan of these low t- scoring totals. Oh here, my God, they're both. oh so the last night's game, Atlanta. the over under was like thirty, and they scored ninety. Atlanta. Okay, Cleveland and Chicago. These are all, by the way, one o'clock games on Cleveland Sunday. And Cleveland Chicago. hosting Chicago. Cleveland minus three. Bears had a good win last week. Yes, they did. Over under thirty-eight and a half. Chicago. Interesting. Titans and Texans in Tennessee. Titans favored by three, over under at 37.
3: Boy, what do I just saw, man. It's a bad
4: time to ask me. I'm going to go Tennessee. This is a weird one here. Kansas City traveling to New England. Kansas City that- favored by eight. The over under is at 37. Ugh. I don't. I'm going. I'm going with Kansas City. Chiefs blow them out. I mean,
3: no, I don't think they blow anybody out. I don't think they can score enough points. Big number. All and, right, and and one thing: New England's got a good defense. New Orleans and the Giants. Saints
4: favored by five and a half over under set at thirty nine. Oh God.
3: I'm I, I'm sitting here going off of what I saw last week, and I know better than to do that. Some of these teams have been <laughs> bad or bad. Oh God, pass.
4: All right, final 1 o'clock game, the Green Bay Packers hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Green Bay minus 3.5 over under at 42. Green Bay. Hmm. All right, we move to the 4 o'clock games, 4.05, Arizona and San Fran. You know that's a big number, 12.5 at 47.5 over under.
3: 49ers, big in this game. You think so? Yeah, we got guys, we got a running back and a quarterback thinking about something else too besides just winning games.
4: All right, the uh, the Rams are back home. They will host Washington. Uh, LA favored by six and a half. The over under at fifty and a Rams, half. Rams huge. All right, then we get to this four twenty five game. Might be the best game of the weekend. Buffalo hosting Dallas. The Bills are favored by two points at the moment. The over under set at fifty and a half.
3: I like uh, I like Buffalo in this game.
4: Okay. I
3: kind of
4: tend to agree with you on that one, but uh, I think Buffalo will play well at home. Everybody I think that's just tells advantage. me, man,
3: Dallas away from Dallas, what do they do?
4: Yeah, like, I think it's a big advantage for Buffalo. I'm sure it's going to be nasty there, right? I mean, Dallas got a I better think it's overall be
3: team, though. I don't. Do know. they? I think so, but that, it's a different world up there. <laughs> it's tough, <laughs> I'm man. It's going by. What happens to us up there? Like it's, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Buffalo.
4: Well, regardless, you'll get home in time to watch that one. That'll be a hell of a game. Uh, the night game is Jacksonville hosting Baltimore. Can we get the Jags one time here? Uh, plus three for the uh, Jaguars. Baltimore favored by three. 42 and a half is the over-under. I, see. I know who I, I know. want to win. I'm I trying
3: know. not to. Jacksonville's going to be tough to beat. Uh,
4: excuse me. Baltimore. Baltimore. Yeah, I would take Baltimore, to too. I, I like Baltimore in that tough. one. It's a tough one. And then here you go, man. Our game, Miami Dolphins, New York Jets, Hard Rock Stadium, 1 o'clock. What's the spread at, Woody? The spread is up to nine and a half (sighs) for the Dolphins, and the over-under set at a whopping 37.
3: I like the Dolphins to win, but damn. Nine Nine and a half's a a huge number for a team team that's been struggling a little bit here. Now the Dolphins
4: get right on Sunday. Just pound these guys. That could certainly happen, too.
3: Who's playing? Oh, they don't, I don't. No, we don't we know. Don't know and
4: by the way, I would advise if you are betting on this game to maybe wait until we find out who's in, who's to- out.
3: Totally agree. You got a lot of your extra horsepower we're waiting on.
4: If that number stays, you know what is a two-score number with Tyreek out of the lineup, I think you probably would stay away, I right? just want to win, Woody. I yeah, just want to win. Is. I know. Uh, I literally. I do too.
3: Four points, two points, eight points. Sure, I'd like 20. Anyway. God, I do Mike, I do too, though, man. Mike I Tannenbaum's got to take way. that damn thing off his head.
4: He's doing it to cover up his hairline.
3: <laughs> That's all right.
4: Is he the biggest clown on TV? I, I don't think Mike's Since that bad retired. a guy. But a lot
3: of guys don't like Mike. He's just not very good at what he did with the team.
4: No. ESPN always seems to find guys that were either bad players or bad GMs or whatever and Listen, the guys that
3: aren't working there are getting jobs with the teams, yeah. A lot of those hardcore football guys, trust me, Rex Ryan would much rather be with a team than sitting there ripping the teams, which by is not going to help him get that job, right? As much as he talks about. But, all right, Woody. Have a good call
4: on Sunday. Hey, Woody, man. I got to thank a you. a all right? And please. I want
3: to say this, Woody, thanks, man. I know you feel like absolute crap the last couple of days, <laughs> and uh, when others in the FM stations have taken off, you yep. have worked, my friend. So thank you. Thank you very much to everybody out there. Have a great weekend. We'll see you again Monday morning.